Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. Good morning, everybody. Wow. I know we've got a lot of people out for Memorial Day, but as far as today goes, the ones that count are here. Right? Okay, let's just own that. Yeah. God's, God's moving in this place and, and doing good stuff, and I think He wants to do some more in our lives. So, I want to pray one more time, and uh, let's, let's just... I think we need to be very, very grateful that we live in a nation... That, that we have incredible freedoms, you know. Uh, I'm going to be talking, uh, starting a series today about the kingdom of God. And um, as I thought about it, I was thinking about the realities that here in this nation, if you don't like what's going on and you don't agree with the leaders that are in charge, and we can say so. We can form a protest. We can form a po- political party and, and not have fear that we're going to get that we're going to get shot or executed or it's not okay. So it's gonna be like that. Hopefully we have new mics coming. Yes. Okay, thought we had that problem solved, but so as I was saying, we have no fear of, of being able to voice what we think and how we feel uh, because of our government coming against us, breaking down the door and, and hauling us all off to prison because we're worshiping Jesus, you know? And those freedoms were fought for and died for by many, many men and women to protect our nation and our sovereignty and and our freedoms. So I would like us to take a moment and and let's all stand in honor of those who have given their all for our nation. But let's honor them even more by praying for our nation. Can you agree with me in prayer, Lord? We ask you for this United States of America Lord, would you intervene? Lord, there's a great many things that are such big problems in our nation. Lord, unbelievable shootings in elementary school. Lord Jesus, would you release great wisdom to our leaders on how to handle this? Lord, keep us in an attitude of prayer and not judgmental attitudes. Lord, save us. Cause us to be those who pray for our nation and not judge our nation. Lord, would you release more freedoms through your kingdom into our nation? Would you bring revival? Lord, salvation. Lord, let it just, by your Spirit, wash across our nation. Lord, for those who have lost loved ones, in military actions, would you comfort them? Let them experience your presence with them and your love. And Lord, would you bless 
America with your greatest blessing of all, with the revelation of Jesus Christ that truly brings freedom. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. As I mentioned today, I'm, I'm starting a, um, a, a series of teachings about the kingdom of God. And uh, to start this out, I want to read you a verse that I refer to often, Mark 1, 14 and 15. And I'm reading this out of the New American Standard uh, translation. And it says this. Now, after John, speaking of John the Baptist had been taken into, cu- taken into custody. Jesus came into Galilee. That's a part of, of Judea that's up to the north uh, towards where Syria and Lebanon are currently. It's, it's still called Galilee. Uh, preaching the gospel of God. Okay, let's, let's stop on that thought right there. I want us to understand what we're reading. That word gospel means good news. Okay, so quick question for you. Who gets to decide what good news is? The person who's preaching or the person who's listening? The person who's listening, right? The person who's listening decides if it's good news or not. So if the message the church is preaching doesn't sound like good news to the world around us, guess what? It's not good news. We better better refer to Scripture and find out what good news is so that we can tell the world the right thing. Does that make sense? Okay. So Jesus uh, came into Galilee preaching the gospel or the good news of God and saying, so here's, here's what Jesus preached. Here's the message our Lord gave as good news. The time is fulfilled. I'll explain that in a second. And the kingdom of God is at hand. That means it's within reach. The kingdom of God. Everybody say kingdom of God. He said then repent. That means change your mind. And believe in the gospel, the good news. So the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Okay, I'm going to unpack that a little bit at this time. So. The time is fulfilled. Jesus is making a... He was speaking to Jewish people. In the Old Testament, which they were all very familiar with, there are, listen to me, there are hundreds, hundreds of prophetic words about the coming Messiah. Hundreds. One of them in particular, I taught on uh, on Palm Sunday, directly gives the date, the day that Jesus came into Jerusalem and he was celebrated as the Messiah. The one and only time he was openly and overtly proclaimed Messiah. The prophecies of the Old Testament are not only clear and lots, they came, so many of them at his first coming came to pass. Check your Bible out. It's just such an incredible study. A lot of people want to study the end times and Christ returning. Let me tell you what. You want to boost your faith? Study the prophetic words of the Scriptures that are already fulfilled. It'll blow your mind. 
especially when you think of the centuries that passed and they came to they came to pass exactly as prophesied. See, the Jews in that time were expecting the Messiah to show up any minute and his message in it, that he began proclaiming in a backhanded way he's saying I'm him. The time is fulfilled. What that that term means is time's up. Kingdom of God is here as he's proclaiming it. He's also demonstrating that he's the king. He's the king. So I find it interesting that Jesus didn't preach about church. Are you aware that Jesus like almost didn't hardly use the word church at all? I think there's like one or two places. Jesus didn't preach about church. Jesus preached about the kingdom of God constantly, constantly. The kingdom of God is like the kingdom of God is like the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of he constantly talked about the or there's also another term he would use that's means the same thing, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, Jesus preached the kingdom. Now, when we, were, when we hear the word kingdom, what, what do you think of? Like Disneyland? The magic kingdom. You know, the happiest place on earth. You know, if I say kingdom, most people, I think if you're honest, the first thing that comes to your mind is maybe magic and princesses. You know? wands, wizards, and, you know, kingdom isn't a word we use a lot. Can, can we all kind of sign off on that? Kingdom is a word that's not familiar to us. We live, but what kingdom is, kingdom is a political statement. You know that? Kingdom is a political statement. It's a type of government. It is a form of government that throughout time has been maybe the most common form of government in the entire world. Still, there's many governments of the world that are still kingdoms. They have monarchs. The British, even though the British monarch doesn't rule, that their, par- their parliament rules, they still consult with the queen. There's other places, I, I think perhaps, I'm not sure about this one, Thailand had a king up until recently. I think maybe they still do. I'm not sure. Sweden, I believe, still has a king. Saudi Arabia still has a king. There's, it's still a, a used form of government. So when Jesus is here preaching the kingdom of God, I want us to understand he's talking about a place where a king rules and reigns. A land... Uh, you know, uh, we think geographic area, and that would be accurate to what we know in this world. But he's preaching a kingdom that's above and beyond the kingdoms of mankind. He's preaching and uses the term heaven, what we recognize as a spiritual realm. Right? Spiritual realm. Now, for those that are maybe you're watching online or you're here in the room, I want to talk about a spiritual realm just for a second. 
Because we, we live in a time where science is lauded as God. You know, science has, in many regards, become a religion because it's built up upon theory after theory after theory. You guys know what I'm talking about? They're, they're explaining reality and history with theory upon theory upon theory in order to believe. Did I say believe? In order to believe that. Okay, hang on a second. If I say believe and talk about Jesus, it's a religion, right? But they say if you believe a theory, why don't they use the term religion for that? Isn't it the same thing? That's a, I'm not against having theories. I'm against teaching your theory as fact. And if you teach a theory that you believe as fact, have you not indeed formed a new religion? It's okay, just admit it if you're going to do it. Just be honest. See, we're trying, and it's okay with me. I, I love science, you guys. You, if you know me well, you, I'm a real, I geek out on science stuff, you know. I do, I love it. I read, I read because I want to, books on, like, physics and stuff like that. Do you know, are you aware that there, there's a form of geometry that indicates there is ten dimensions. We know of four. They, science acknowledges as fact that there's four dimensions. The um, string, super string theory that's uh, a physics teaching or theory that tries to explain everything, literally everything, also postulates that there's ten dimensions. Okay, why am I talking about that? When I use a term like a spiritual realm, I want you to understand that even science is acknowledging there's things beyond the dimensions that we have senses that tell us. There's dimensions. They're using a term dimension instead of realm or how about heaven there's there's things that are higher than what we know and as jesus is coming and introducing the kingdom of god is within he says at hand or it means within your reach in another place he says the kingdom of heaven is in your midst it's like it's right it's all around us we're in it See, the thing about dimensions is that every dimension exists in the same place at the same time, right? Every dimension we know of, height, depth, breadth, time, every dimension exists in the same place at the same time. They're not some other place far away. And Jesus is letting us know that the kingdom realm of heaven, the dimension of heaven is here. It's within reach. And he's making the declaration in that moment and saying the time is fulfilled because the king just walked into reality. The king that, that as God spoke into his creation and said, let there be light, let there be animals, let there be you know, land and water, 
the same voice that that reverberated throughout all creation, the same authority that was speaking was literally the John says in John 1:14, he says, and the word became flesh and lived among us. And we saw him. He says, we saw him. And every one of those guys that wrote the Gospels and, and the, the epistles, ex, well, every one of the original disciples except for John gave their life for what they were proclaiming. See, I, I want us to understand that message that the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. Cost Jesus his life. It cost his disciples their lives, except for John. Tradition has it he got boiled in oil and he just didn't die. Human French fry and he didn't die. You know, it's like, how's that work? But listen to me. We get stuck on going to church. I'm glad you're here this morning. Yay. I think you should invite somebody else to come. Somebody that needs Jesus. Have you noticed there's a world around us that needs help? Jesus, my opinion, Jesus isn't a answer. He's the answer. The kingdom of God, however, see church, we can get it all fouled up in our mind to where church is a place we go to. And I'm, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're worshiping God together. Church is the people who have decided to become kingdom citizens. They've made that choice. They've made a choice to be a kingdom citizen. We were born, many of us were born in the United States, maybe most of us. Some of us were born in other nations. We're citizens of the nation we were born in. Maybe you came here and you were a natural, now you're a naturalized citizen. We're citizens largely because of where we're born. You become a citizen of heaven because you chose it. You chose the kingdom of God because you chose to acknowledge the one who's the king. He's saying in this passage, change your mind and believe the good news. See, the kingdom of heaven, I I want to talk to you about heaven for a second. As Jesus is teaching on the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, as I think most of us have a good idea of what heaven is. Even people who don't believe have a good idea of what heaven's supposed to be. Isn't that a place where evil doesn't exist anymore? You know? Think about that with me. What would it be like to live somewhere where evil doesn't exist anymore? What, what would that even be like? That would start with, you're not evil. Because if you were there, dude, you're going to foul it up. Living in the kingdom of God, living in heaven, means there's no evil there. We're gonna, I'm going to kind of refer to that here in a few minutes more to wrap everything up. No pain, no sorrow, no death, no grief, no dying. Nothing that's evil. See, this world is tainted and thoroughly inundated with evil because of sin, not because of God. 
So let's let's talk just for a second about the evil that we experience in this life. I want you to know it doesn't come from heaven because there's no evil there. It doesn't come from God. God has no evil to give us. He doesn't, he doesn't have it. You realize God doesn't have everything, right? He doesn't have any evil in him. Oh, well, God's just getting even for, with me for my sin. So you're saying God is meeting out retribution on you. He's done some evil thing to you. No. You know, the Scripture is very clear. God doesn't tempt, he doesn't tempt us with sin. That's the devil's job. See, the good news message is that no matter what we face, because we're also part of this world, right? We're still here in this world. We haven't entirely gone into the kingdom realm yet. That day will come. By the way, I just wanted to remind you all, this life is, I'm pretty sure, is 100% fatal. Last I checked. We're all, we're all going into, yeah, well, I saw that, Heath. Except for two guys. We don't know what happened to them. Enoch and Elijah. Jesus even died. He rose from the dead. But the message is, and I want you to consider what are the implications in your life, that heaven is intersecting. I'm going to teach on this for the next couple of weeks. Heaven is intersecting with us right here, right now, where we're at. We're experiencing what this world is like, but Jesus, through His sacrifice on the cross and taking our sin on Himself and and going to the grave, but yet rising victorious. Your sin, my sin that He took on the cross with Him wasn't powerful enough to kill Him. Not eternally. Not truly kill Him. Our sins were taken to the grave and left there and He rose victorious over your sin. That means all of it. That means all of it. Okay, so heaven is intersecting with the realities that we're experiencing right now. So here's how I take that. That in every moment of my life, in everything that that we experience, heaven is also there with us in that moment. I think if if we went around the room and talked to some folks that, that have been Christians for a long time, we have a few in here that have been here being Christian for a long time. I'm one of them. i just straight up getting old. You'd find out that in many of our darkest moments, that's where we found Jesus the most. Then in our darkest moments, furthest from God, felt hopeless, fell on our knees, cried out to God, and heaven showed up. Can anybody testify that that's what you experienced? I always like to teach this. We're promised victory through Christ. And I'm telling you, victory isn't merely when you get what you prayed for. That's, that's the full manifestation of it. Victory is when you're in the middle of the fight and in the middle of the problem, in the middle of the pain, 
and you cry out to the Lord until your soul realizes he's right there with you. And the king is with you. And it's like, oh, it's going to be okay. You're, you're still here. We get so distracted with the problems and it's understandable. I'm not saying, you know, we're wrong for, for dealing with it. I'm saying he's always with us and whenever we, you know, there's an old term, uh, old, old time Christians used to say when we pray through. We pray through. Well, God heard your prayer the first time, but your soul just needed to come in alignment with it too. Yeah? Our faith needed to get pointed back at Jesus and off of the problem. How many of you know there's no answer in the problem? And we get fixated on the problem. We get fixated on the problem, and as soon as we get our eyes off the problem and onto Jesus, we realize, oh yeah, there's always hope. I heard a preacher many years ago say, any situation in your life you feel hopeless about, you can be sure there's a deception involved right there. Back to the kingdom of God, the people of Jesus' time understood what he was talking about, and they were expecting a Messiah to come and be the king of Israel like King David. Kick the Romans out, and then over, then literally become ruler of the entire world. Because that's what the Bible said. It says that. Trust me, it does. It's there. They were right in knowing what it said. The issue, what they didn't see is, He was there establishing a spiritual kingdom and he's coming again to establish his physical kingdom on this earth. Originally through Moses and then on through the judges and into the time of the kings, God established a physical kingdom in in this earth. And originally he ruled it himself until the people cried out for a king like the other countries. Listen to what it says in 1 Samuel 8, 7. The Lord said to Samuel, who was a prophet, listen to the voice of the people in regard to all they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Even in the physical establishment of the kingdom of Israel, which was the kingdom of God on this earth at the time, they, they even rejected him there. In this time, you guys, in this between when Jesus ascended back to heaven and until now, I want us to understand heaven is open to us. Heaven is open to us. And I want everybody who's listening to me, I want you to understand God isn't inviting, merely inviting us to church. He's inviting us to make him king of our lives which is who he is, whether we acknowledge it or not. He's king of all. He's inviting us to learn how to live in his kingdom realm. Learn what our benefits are. Learn what our rights as citizens of heaven are. Don't settle for just being a churchgoer. That's a a good start. But God wants to use us to bring the the power of the kingdom of God to bear on this society and we need to learn how to walk in it. 
Anybody ever hear John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The everlasting life starts now. He told another guy in that same passage, he said to uh, one of the leaders of the Jews at that time, you must be born again. He wasn't joking. That wasn't a joke. You're dead spiritually. You get born spiritually. And like a baby, you start learning how to operate. Right? Okay, I have a trick question. I'm telling you ahead of time it's a trick question. Who teaches a baby how to talk? The answer is nobody. They figure it out on their own. Don't they? They don't understand you. All the stuff you're babbling at them. I, dude, I'm a great grandpa. I do baby babble really well. I love it. I love my grandkids. But ultimately, they're making noises and seeing what you do. You know, they're seeing you. Re- and then they say something. You freak out. He said, Mom. Or he said, Dad. You know, you ever have that argument with your spouse? You know, he said, Mom. No, that wasn't Mom. No, that wasn't, you know. It's my mom, when, when our son, Matt, was little, she, he would be, and my mom would out with this whole sentence. He just said this. It's like, Mom, you're off your rocker. It's like, and she was like translating. She, it's like he was speaking in tongues, and she's translating, you know. And then, Three weeks later, he says the same thing, and it's like, wait, he did say that. How did you know that? You know, what's worse, I'm, how did you understand that? You know? Babies figure it out on their own, and when they start talking, then you can start teaching them, right? Yeah. See, my friends, I'm afraid there's too many spiritual, kingdom of God, spiritual babies because we're not paying attention to how God communicates with us. And as, as we learn and grow up and pay attention on how he's speaking and how the kingdom of God operates, we go beyond being church attenders into kingdom dwellers and we're becoming citizens that literally start, start manifesting heaven to the world around us. Let me read you another verse. Romans uh, fourteen seventeen. Paul is, is have, you know, mitigating this argument that's obviously going on in the church about what you can and can't eat. And he's talking about people who eat meat and other people who only eat vegetables. And you can read it for yourself. I'm not going into it, but I will end that by saying I'm still going to eat meat, okay? But <laughs> here's the thing. In the middle of it, he makes this incredible statement and listen to it. He says, for the kingdom of God, verse 17 in chapter 14 of Romans, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but here's what it is. He says this, but it's righteousness and peace and joy. And the the real kicker is in the Holy Spirit. So every moment, what is righteousness? It's right standing with God. How many of you understand that? When we learn and learn to live in the righteousness God's handing out to us, it's complete perfection and holiness before God because Jesus gave it to you. 
See, the whole idea that we're, we're earning being good enough, if I only do so many good works, it outweighs my bad works, that's a totally humanistic way of thinking and has nothing to do, it actually opposes what the Bible says. What Jesus did is he took all of our sin, past, present, future, to, to death on the cross. He killed sin, period, sin. And as we choose faith in him and trust him that he did that for us, we enter the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit comes to us. But he, we come into the kingdom of God through a righteousness that he provided for us. The kingdom of God is right standing with God. You don't have to earn it. You can never earn it. You can never be good enough. I have a suggestion. If you have that thought about, oh, well, I'm just not good enough. I I have a suggestion. Give up. Just give up and admit I can't. I'm that's me. Anybody else discover you can't be good enough? I've been a Christian for so many years now. And I'm not even close to good enough. The kingdom of God, however, the door, Jesus in another place in John chapter 19 or 18, he says, I'm the door. You want to go into the kingdom or you want to enter, start experiencing heaven more and more and more in this life? The door is Jesus. You come to the door and he hands you righteousness. Fully acceptable to God in every way. The next thing Paul says is peace. You know, one of the things I love the most about accepting Jesus and being his is peace. I love, I love it. After, like we'll have a small group. Anybody ever attend a small group I've led? I'll ask it about half the time. We'll worship God. And then I ask, what happened to you while we're worshiping? And almost everybody will say, oh, I feel so much more peaceful. When we have interaction with the kingdom of God and we really focus ourselves on him, we experience peace of mind and peace of soul and all the troubles all of a sudden. They may come back later, but in the moment, all the troubles just, whoosh, they're gone. Can you, anybody testify with me that's what happens? You experience real peace and, and, and peace that you don't have to have a reason for. Everything in my life is good right now, so I guess I'm at peace. The peace God gives is like, everything might be trash in my life right now. I might have every problem. I never dreamed I'd go through such stuff, but I just worship God and I feel so peaceful. Don't you love it? The kingdom of God is right standing with God. There's nothing between me and him. I, I don't have to feel guilty anymore. I, don't, I shouldn't feel guilty anymore. Just stop feeling guilty, Christians. Anybody have any faith in Jesus? He took it all. He took it all. He took it all. You're just not that good of a sinner. You, you're just not that good. He took it all. The kingdom of God is peace. That peace is always available to us. We might, it may be a struggle to connect with him. 
Our troubles may want to dominate our minds and keep, keep us feeling unsettled and in turmoil. But when we fight through and we really focus on Him, peace comes. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. And the last thing is joy. In the kingdom of God, one of the scriptures says, in the presence of God is joy forevermore. Do you know that Jesus, in the, in, as He and the Father were creating, it says that we were created for His pleasure. For joy. In another place it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. His joy is always available to us. And it's not always easy to access it, but as we learn to live in the kingdom of God, we, be, we learn how to live in joy more and more. Sometimes we forget. Yeah? Sometimes we forget. But God is opening up a joy that isn't dependent on our circumstances. It's dependent on who He is and that He is our King He's our king. You know? What's the worst that can happen to us? You die? Somebody, you know. We as Christians shouldn't be afraid of that. It's like I heard a preacher say years ago, you just can't threaten me with heaven. You know? We get to experience Heaven in this world more and more as it grows in us. And then when we lose this body that we don't get to keep, we get, a, we get one that will never go bad. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. But in this life, we experience more and more and more heaven. That means peace, righteousness, joy. It also means miracles. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see more and more miracles start happening here. And I can say that with confidence because I know him. I know the king. He just does stuff like that. He can't help himself. He just does that stuff. And we get to be a part of it. So we're going to learn how to be more and more a part of it. Let's stand. The kingdom of God, my friends, is here. Heaven is here. The rule and reign of a righteous, truly righteous king is here. And he made the way so you can get in because he loves you. He loves you. You matter to him. That's why he took all of your sin. He took it all. Your worth to Him. Your worth Him giving His life for. And your worth Him rising from the dead so that you can have heaven. You can have it in beginning right here in this life and being fully manifest in the life to come. Heaven is available. My friends, my brothers, sisters, our message is, isn't Go to church so you could be a good guy. Our message is heaven's open to you and all kinds of stuff can start happening. Who knows what God will do? It, it, 
He has no limitations on power. Our message is one that starts with a king that loves us. And this morning, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to give your life to King Jesus. Because He loves you. I want to invite you to take a further step in serving Him and being devoted to Him. To go past just having the religious idea of church attendance into the concept that the King loves you. He's devoted Himself to you. And He's inviting you to devote yourself to Him. Maybe you've never known Him. And I want to encourage you. Give your life to Jesus. We don't, he, it's a spiritual realm right now. We don't really often see Him with our eyes. I've seen plenty with my eyes. But we're signing on for a King who has released a spiritual realm. And by the way, it's in our spirits. That's the part of us that's never going to die. We'll never die. Good or bad, we're going to exist forever. He's inviting you into heaven now so that you'll be a citizen of heaven now. And all you got to do is give Him your life because He is the King. And He gives you the choice to make Him your King. To accept His forgiveness. Some of us have backed away from God and, and, and you know it. And you need to come. You need to recommit yourself to Him. He's inviting you this morning to do that. I'd like to invite our ministry team members to come up. And while they do, let's pray. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, show us, every one of us, your goodness and your power. Lord, show us that you're risen from the dead. Show us, each one of us in our heart, how much you forgave. That you have forgiven us completely. And there's nothing between us and God any longer if we accept your forgiveness. Lord Jesus, I pray by your Spirit you would draw us closer and closer and make us a people that are truly learning to live in your kingdom. Amen. Now this morning, as I dismiss everybody, I want to invite you, if you need prayer for anything, you need healing. Last week, we baptized one, one brother and he received a physical healing in his shoulders. He had a lot of pain in his shoulders and hasn't had any pain since. And we see, yeah, thank you, Jesus. We're seeing more and more healing happen. Why? Because Jesus does that stuff. Not us, him. Give your life to him. But if you need prayer for anything, even if I haven't mentioned something, you just feel like you need to be prayed for, come get the prayer you need. If you want to receive Jesus as Savior, take a minute. Don't be in a hurry. Don't let anything stop you. Come give your life to Jesus. And these folks will answer any questions you have, and they'll pray with you, and they'll stand with you, and you're not, it's not something you've got to do alone. 
you've got people around you that will will be there for you. So God bless you. Have a great week. Ha, uh, enjoy your Memorial Day. Let's give thanks to God for all those who have given their lives uh, for our freedoms. And then let's pray that the kingdom of God will come and his will will be done right here in our lives and in our nation, just like in heaven. Amen. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D.com.